This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're hot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and... This is the smart ass that just got called calling him hot on the air. <laughs> this is Steve. Not <laughs> Steve. <What>? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, you went there, huh? Jeez, oh boy. <laughs> hey, you can't judge me. You're not allowed that's, to judge me. Oh, that's right. It's 2021. We can do whatever. In fact, want. I want to raise because of it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, brother, man? Oh, chilling, man. Birds. Yeah, I know. It's getting bird, so bird is the word. <laughs> bird is the word, man. The thing is, it's getting so nice out. Like, you see all these birds breaking off and fighting. Uh, birds are strutting. It's crazy to drive by them. I had my mom the other day, and we're driving down one of the back roads here that's got a ton of turkeys. And my mom, I don't think she's ever really seen a bird strutting, like, in the wild. I mean, obviously, like, on the side of the road, but, like, not, like, close. Yeah. And uh, she was like, oh, wow, it's really iridescent. It's really nice looking. And I was like, mom, stop. Stop the car. And there's a big tom strut, and there's three jakes, and there's a bunch of hens and stuff. So I beat the horn and think it was, she was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Loud noise. Oh, here I am. <laughs> so that kind of gets you jacked up, man. Kind of gets things going. Nice. Yeah. What's yeah, new good. with you, bro? I know a turkey season's starting to ring in there. Yeah, we're we're getting everything lined up and ready to go to get you guys down here and and uh see what kind of fun we can have if all goes well and things go as planned. Right about now, we should be trying to get somebody their first bird. Andrew. Open. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> the man is coming in. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it'll be I'm, nice to just catch up, have everybody. You're going to be sick of me filming stuff for the, the 100th episode new intro and video. Big changes. Yeah, things yeah. going on. We're, Are we we're close gonna, to that? We got to be close to that. We're getting there. This should be like I think episode like seventy something, depending. Yeah. Special, 80. special episode. That's right. This is a special something. episode. This is. I, I'll get into that real quick, real, real simple, real easy. So we have a good friend. You guys have all heard his voice here on the Outdoor Drive podcast. Um, Matt Weddish, one of the craziest. Um, I don't know. He's full throttle duties. He's one of those guys that. I've been to a couple of his seminars and kind of seen him work and go, and he's a, our type of people, right? So 
he is the outdoor drive type of people. He's not afraid to swear. He drinks beer while he's doing his seminar. You don't like no, it. He drinks whiskey. Out. He does drink whiskey. <laughs> and well, he drinks beer too, but you'll see here coming up uh, shortly, <laughs> shortly what actually goes on. But Matt is a, a, he's got to be hunting 20 plus years, 30 plus years. I don't even know. I'll ask him, but um He's killed some serious birds, does a lot here with the, the hunting community, with the uh, turkeys here, with the youth, always bringing them out. Get on over to his uh, YouTube page. He'll tell you here in the in this podcast. And his video quality is out of this world. His sound quality is out of this world. Some people that you kind of look up to when it comes to self-filming for turkeys or filming turkeys. Um, in this episode, he's actually captured a sound that has never been captured on film. Um what would you call it? Like a, uh, it, it's hard. A vocalization. Yeah. It, it's a Turkey vocalization that has never been documented before. People may have heard it, but it has never been documented. Like this was sent up to the top Turkey experts in the world and they'd never heard it. Right. And you're getting a first glimpse of it right here. So it's, we're going to have Matt on and do that and kind of show you, but it's, it's something else, man. And, uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss this. Definitely not going to want to miss this. So before we dive too deep, deep, deep into this, I uh, just want to go over a couple of house rules here, kind of some of the things that are going on. Don't talk about Turkey Club and don't talk about talking about Turkey Club. Yes, exactly. Okay. Glad yep. we cleared that don't up. Don't talk about your turkey hunt spots. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless no. it's with me. That's right. <laughs> Guys, we still have the Ridge Runner is for sale on Nor'easterGameCalls.com. If you guys haven't gone over there and checked this out, this is something – I this call is something else. The more and more I play with it, the more and more I fall in love with it. The sound that comes out of this call is next to none. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and very happy that Steve has introduced this to Nor'easter because this is definitely one of those crazy calls. Um by now, we should be sold out of these, but if we're not, go on to NorEasterGameCalls.com. This is the Outdoor Series Turkey Pot Call. This is three years in the making for the sound that comes out of this bad boy. Um, something, another thing that Mark has totally knocked out of the park. And that that's that's all Trev and Mark. Trev has pounded Mark over the head with a hammer going, nope, not right, nope, not right, nope, not right. And this one came out and he said, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. About time, bub. So you got that thing kind of going. Um, and our box calls are on there too. The Outdoor Drive series box calls, those are on there too. So go and check those out, man. Get them, get them in close while you can. Um, yeah, because they're, they're going there. quick. Uh, they're going really quick. So um, they might even be sold out of the pot calls by the time that this airs. But if not, get on over there. He has a ton of other ones. Um, that are for sale and they're just as good. They are in that uh, sound platform that uh, we've been working on for years. So really pumped to be doing that. And uh, we have something even bigger and better. Something that How much I, bigger? I never thought in a million years we would be doing. Like, what? which it's one of those things. I actually had to explain it to somebody. They're like, hey, I'll, I'll get entries and all of that stuff because I'm buying the stuff anyway but I'm not a big duck hunter. So I'm not worried if I win, give it to someone else. And I said, no, you don't get it. This is a bucket list hunt for non duck hunters. This is made for the non duck hunter to come get a once in a lifetime bucket list 
hunt. You don't have this to be a duck a hunt hunter. That a lot of new. And this is a hunt that a lot of people from all over, they want to come and hunt this. So, like, even if you're a little bit of a duck hunter, say you're from the Midwest or West, um, when you get into the West, but they don't have some of the ducks that we would be killing here. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to do this. This is something that Ducks on the Bay has partnered up with the Outdoor Drive and given this hunt away. It's a one-day, two-gun hunt um, that we're going to give away. And it's so simple. It's very easy. You buy something of our sponsors, Nor'easter Game Calls, Wild Edge Inc., Gator Outdoors, Wicked Twisted, Out on the Limb, um, Timber Tumblers, Outdoor Drive, or Ducks on the Bay, and you're going to get yourself an entry to win a once-in-a-lifetime duck hunt. It's pretty simple. If you buy from us, Outdoor Drive Podcast, or Ducks on the Bay, you're going to get two entries just for buying something that you would normally buy anyways. It's a no-brainer. And then you get to come up and you get to hunt up here. It's pretty simple. Uh, you have to buy your own license. You have to buy uh, your own food and lodging, but we're going to give away a thousand dollar hunt to come and hunt for a day. If you want to buy additional, you're more than welcome to do so. And I bet you that Danny would work out a deal with you just to do so because you're already here, but you're going to want to enter this. This is going to run for a couple more months and you're going to want to be part of this. So make sure you do so. I promise you, you're not, you're not going to want to not do this. So we'll shoot eiders, scoters, possible long tails, a bucket list, a complete bucket list hunt. So sorry, I get jacked up about it. It's something <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I just sit here watching. Are you, you like an idiot? Like you just gotta have this. Like, <laughs> no, no. Well, and, and the reason I I'm sitting here chuckling is because someone like me, you know, that's, that's not our gig. You know, right. we don't quite realize, but to put it into perspective, when Trev goes out with Danny, Trev is always coming back complaining they've got another wall hanger, something that needs to be mounted. Yeah. Because it's just unique or cool or like better than the last one. Or, you know, there's so many unique things that you can only get there. Mm -hmm. So the, you have to remember too, Eiders. So Eiders, which is the big white ones that we shoot all the time, you guys see them all the time. Those only go so south, right? So there's a very small area that they come. A lot of guys shoot them from Maine to about Connecticut. Normally Rhode Island. I mean, they're starting to move their way down the sound, but very, very little. So there's such a small area to be able to shoot these eiders. Scoter, they go all the way down. You guys will see eiders. They do go down, but not really. I mean, like Connecticut, the, bay, the, the western sound is like the end of where the eiders go. So you're not going to get them any southern than here. I mean, sometimes Pitboss shoots them down in Maryland, so on and so I mean, obviously there's one-ups, but majority is it's it's northeast. I mean, that's what holds them is northeast. So these are birds that people come from all over the country to shoot. So when you have the opportunity to do this, you kind of capitalize on it and you do it, you know? So you'd be stupid not to. And I, you probably have already heard this spiel three times, but I'm going to tell you again that – you want to get in on this and it's something you're already going to do anyways. So yep. just enter. I promise you enter, share it, get it to all your friends. Every that's time it. you purchase anything, that's a new entry. Mm -hmm. So it's limitless. Not a one time gets all just 
Let her rip. I'm going to tell you a secret, too, to this whole thing, right? So you can go to DucksOnTheBay.com, right, and buy his sticker package. You get three stickers for $5. You get an entry for $5. Simple. Two entries. Two entries, right? You can also message us. There's only a handful left. But you can order a big sticker from us for $6, and you get two entries. $6 for two entries. I don't have any little stickers, or they would be even cheaper, but... Uh, maybe I'll get some more printed in the meantime, but probably not. So that would probably be your cheapest way in. And so would be with Ducks on Bay. And that's two entries just for buying that. A hat, you're in. T-shirt from Ducks on the Bay, you're in. Two entries. Simple stuff, guys. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop beating the dead horse because you're going to hear this on every other podcast from now until it's drawn. So we'll just go from there. But Good push. <laughs> so let's get off the water and let's get back on land. Yeah, wrong kind of birds. Let's shift our focus because uh, there, there's some goblin going on for sure. And we I'm need pumped. to capitalize. Let's 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 do it. Let's do it. All right, brother. Well, let's go ahead and roll them on. on with a good buddy matt weddish what's up buddy how are you i didn't do it man i really didn't do it i'm sorry <laughs> it, it wasn't you it was that collection behind you that did it <laughs> i will not lie <laughs> that's like it, some is, honest it has been the there. demise right there oh. hang on Sh- shall we give the full uh, uh there we go the wild turkey run you know Jeez. There, there it is for everyone Where? listening, you, you got to get on YouTube and take a look. Look at, hang on, hang on. Let, let's go down behind the bar here. <laughs> look at wow. what I'm dealing with. Yeah, we got about 300 bottles of uh, whiskey and then assorted other uh, libations, shall we call it? So you're either an alcoholic or a collector. Uh, I'd say right in the middle because they're so you're, all you're, open. You're an alcoholector. <laughs> an alcoholector. An Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, they're they're all open. I I don't dig collecting for the secondary market and whoring it out and selling it for more than it should be sold. I buy them to share them and enjoy them. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I spend a lot of money on it, but it's cheaper than going out. Yes. And and quite honestly, it's, it's just fun to share. You know, there's really not a lot of places where you can go out and just sample a bunch of whiskeys and hang out with the guys and, you know, no shots allowed. Sipping only. Sipping only. Matt? Hmm. Yep. Um, so is that the secret? Me. That's the secret to turkey hunting. Trust me. You you sip that much 30 or 40 times. <laughs> You're done. You'll be, you'll be stumbling out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> well, we probably should take these keys. We'll put them underneath the mat and uh, we'll, we'll take this one safe. Yeah, We're right, not going to exactly. drive on this one. So <laughs> why don't you introduce to everybody, man, who you are, where you're from and what you do. Uh, I am a Connecticut guy. Uh, my name is Matt Weddish and um, 
I've been in the outdoor industry probably between full-time and what I do now. Uh, I've got a video series online. I've got, I write, I've written for Outdoor Life, Field and Stream, NRA, National Wild Turkey Federation, on and on and on. Um, 25 years I've been in the outdoor industry. I've, uh, I've actually helped design products for firearms. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into one, but it's one of the most popular that's on the market today for Turkey. Um, help design choke tubes for main your manufacturers. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. I work with Carlson. Yeah. Carlson. I love those guys, man. <laughs> I, I love those resist. jokes. No, I've been, I, I love those guys. I didn't help them design anything. They taught me, <sighs> but, uh, no, it's um. You can really pick <laughs> off what we're saying with those new ear, those new earphones. These things are the bomb, man. <laughs> yeah, high speed. Get spoiled with them. Um, no, it's uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm just a dude from the woods that likes making bird noises, man. <laughs> it's That's kinda, it. It's one of those things. When I had when I had met you, and you know, we went down to your seminar and stuff. I was like, dude, he's this is my kind of guy, man. He's re raw, real, and there's no bullshit behind him. Like he just, it, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, if you don't like that, I swear, then get the fuck out. Exactly. <laughs> I start every seminar the same way. Who, who is offended by the word kill? I'm sorry. Cause I kill him, you know? And who is offended by the F word before I say it? And like, no hands will get up and I'll say good. Cause we're going to talk about fucking killing birds. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. That's it. And I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, you know, we all like to be politically correct out in public. We talk about harvesting birds and conservation and all that. And trust me, I'm a conservationist. I, I 100% believe in it. We need it. And uh, you know, I just, but when it comes down to the root of it, we are predators mm -hmm. and we kill them. And I'm sorry, but my adrenaline goes through the roof and I love it. I guess we live in the wrong state. If you want to be a conservationist though. <laughs> well, we need somebody to hold a foothold up there. Uh, our state isn't even a conservationist. <laughs> That's more on that tree hugger side. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, it's on. No, it's yeah spectrum when it Go comes ahead. to turkey when it comes to turkey hunting it's on the opposite end of it and i oh yeah fired I up you guys change your rules oh yeah, <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah you changed yeah. your rules you went from you kissing their asses to killing their asses <laughs> Dude, it's, it's bad. bad yeah there's no reason for it man Absolutely five birds no reason for it. hunt till dark yeah no bueno man it gets guys like us fired up because we are on the conservation side of it. We, we do those things. We work with the, I mean, we're, you know, and I get it right. So me and Matt are a different breed when it comes to Turkey hunting, because we don't hunt the same properties in day in and day out. We move around, go into those big woods, you know, hunting different birds constantly. A lot of these guys don't know how to do that or haven't done that. Oh, they get pummeled and they pummel the same birds oh. day in and day out carpet bombing just just people coming through all day one drives out the other one drives in it's bad it, it's i've never seen so much pressure in the woods and quite honestly you know i i really do hope that 
you know, DEEP Connecticut is listening to this because I'm a hunter. And if you want to listen to what hunters are saying, I'll tell you right now, I do not want to go out and try to kill five birds and deal with 80 million people in the woods all the time. I don't want to have silent pressured birds all the time and maybe squeak one or two because the guys that are on third shift or whatever, are getting out there and beating you to it or whatever, and can hunt all day are pounding these birds and your experience is going to shit. I would rather have two birds or three or whatever, break it up between private and state the way it used to be. And and allow for a better experience. You know, I mean, there's a reason I go to a TMA area, a trout management area for, for trout fishing, because I'd rather release a bunch of fish than go and catch one, maybe this tiny little thing all day on a place that's just been ripped. So, you know, the control of the species, they've, they've got to monitor the quality of the experience, not just the quantity. And they do that a lot. And it's, it's, it's so bad. They did it with deer hunting. They did it with fishing. They're doing it with a lot of different things. I mean, opening this tur this, this trout season open early. I think it's, I, I, I like the idea, right. For everybody, but it's not a good idea. Cause what's going to happen. At the, yeah. And what's going to happen at the end of the season when they're stocking all these fish, you know what I'm saying? What are they going to have left to stock? You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's a complete, it's bad juju. I don't like it at all. <laughs> it I don't like it. Juju. It's bad juju, man. It, it makes for a lot of bad competition and a bad, of, a bad animosity between a lot of sportsmen on the local level. You I know, really feel that. Think about the opening day. That is not, that's not just a day that is set. I mean, that is like heritage. That is like passed on tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to, I used to go out with my grandmother until I was old enough to go with the guys, you know, my father and the guys. And that opening morning was sacred. You know, and people plan that every year and every year. If you're going to open it up early because of the COVID and the being outdoors, fine, all well and good. But guess what? Keep the reserves, maybe make it all catch release, the entire state until opening day comes. And then you get into everybody's, the fish are still there, maybe double, double dip, you know, throw, throw more in there or whatever, but you want to increase an experience. You gotta, you gotta give a good one, man. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that they start to do something with the turkeys too. I mean, like we've, oh. they put in the turkey, you know, like, cause I, Matt, it wasn't all that long ago. And I, Steven can attest this too. We didn't even have turkeys here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they tried to restock back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and the stocking population died. Um, I have fairly decent knowledge of an area that they did survive, but basically what they did is they took wild birds that um, were pen-reared, and they didn't have the roost, natural roosting, um, whatever, not capabilities, but uh, instinct right. uh, to go and roost. So those birds were not wild born. They're even though they're wild birds, they were captivity born. So when they were released, they were half chicken, half turkey, you know, mm -hmm. and 
those birds got wiped out. They couldn't expand into different territories. They couldn't roost the way they usually did. All those things that were natural couldn't take place. So when they started actually doing the trap and transfer program, which was early 80s, I believe, uh, late 70s, early 80s, and they started up in the northwest corner, um, that's when they released birds that were successful. And within three years, they're bringing in from other places and trapping from the original uh, group of birds that they released and putting them throughout the state. So it went from, I think, uh, 18 or 22 birds, something like that, right around that dozen and a half birds to putting them all over the place. It's a huge success story. And now we're squandering it. Yeah, truly squandering it. But they are they are deeper and they are all over the place. But they're just getting the flocks are smaller. They're getting pounded, dude. Pounded. And it, I mean, our our our, our uh, what do you call it? our population is not good right now. No. Well, now, yeah. We're considering last year, you know, how many Jakes and two year olds got knocked off the charts? Five birds Album. plus COVID. So that's what, <laughs> 70% more people out in the woods. And what's the first thing that walks in a Jake or a two-year-old and frustration kicks in because there's 72 and a half people in every spot you go to. Yep. So now the guy's like, you know, I'm taking what I can get. Exactly. You no longer have Jake's and two-year-olds this year. You're going to have three and four-year-old birds that are very cagey and you may have some pults, some early yeah. Jake's. And it's going to be very interesting. It's the same way here in Virginia this year. It's I, I have my concerns. Yeah, it's bad. You know, and, and quite honestly, Steve, it's not even the amount of birds that are being taken. Um, it's allowing people to hunt into the evening. So now you're disturbing the hens that are around the nest that traditionally go to the nest, feed in the morning, go to the nest, cover their clutch, protect that, that group of eggs and then go to nest in the evening or go to roost in the evening. Now they roost in an area because there's nesting habitat, feed habitat and water habitat. And usually close proximity for feed for the pulse when that brood hatches. So when you kick a bird out of say the Midwest, when you kick a bird off of a, or a flock off of a roost, they can go two ridges over and have very similar habitat in Connecticut. They're going into a cul-de-sac and they're fucked. Yep. <laughs> beep. Sorry. But <laughs> no, no beeps here. No beeps, no beeps here. here. But, but truly, and you want to kill a population. You're not killing one bird. You're killing multiple broods. Mm -hmm. That's so, killing a population. It, and that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on. We did touch on it a little bit last year, but just as a reminder to people, when you bump a hen off the nest, how often are you going to be able to do that before she quits trying to relay? A few, and that's it. But you don't even know a lot of times she gets bumped off. Right. She'll scooch down and she'll like head down and just kind of walk away. You know, she usually flushes in a last ditch effort. And the other thing is they can lay, they can lay two, two on occasion, three, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it depends on the year. It depends on the year when they have that clutch. Right. You know, if they're late in the year, 
it's they know they can't make a survivable clutch yeah, exactly. so they just quit and, yep. and the problem with that is if we're bumping them off the it's only going to make harder turkey hunting for us because now you have a live hen out there that needs to be bred so you're only making oh. it harder for ourselves that is a valid point yeah. my friend i'm just saying i well hate done. when that happens but when because nothing clap. irritates me nothing <laughs> irritates me more when 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 we have a rainy season right and we if you know, like a rainier season, we find that those those times seem to be a little bit harder because the clutches seem to be wiped out and then it seems to be just going a little bit further and a little bit longer and a little bit longer into the season. And you're like, oh, these stupid hens, just get on your damn nest. Like, you know, like what are you doing? You, you know? know what it is a lot of times? It's it's the hens that will never go to nests. It's those first year, first year hens. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that are going to tease those toms all day long. And bring them right to the bird feeders. Mm -hmm. Wait, is that and the origin of Tom teasers? Absolutely. Okay. I just, just wanted to make sure most people don't realize that, but that's why they call them Tom teasers. <laughs> the little tail waggers. <laughs> you know, it's those high school girls. <laughs> yeah, hey, you laugh. We've all been there. Come on. The, the, the Tom gets older, <laughs> they see. the same. <laughs> all right. All right, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, Matt, I want to know what you do because you being a big, a big woods turkey hunter like myself, what are your tips and tactics to be able to be successful in hunting big woods eastern birds? You know, Google Maps is – I, I always used to do topos. And, um, they're invaluable. Uh, there's, if you're a deer hunter or whatever, or waterfowl, whatever, if you're a hunter in general, you know, that pressure kills birds, you know, it, it's, or whatever kills animals. It pushes them off. It changes their habits. So you've got to think beyond the box. You've got to get away from the masses. You've got to get away from road hunting and, my deal was I go deep, you know, I go further than people want to go. Um, I'm not that much of a better Turkey hunter. I just put more into it. That's it. I'm not better than anybody else out there. I've just fucked up more times. And eventually I end up with a situation that I get a suicidal bird <laughs> and that's it's luck. I mean, quite honestly, mm -hmm. you can be as good a caller, good a hunter as you think you are. And it really depends on if that bird wants to listen to you or not. And my whole deal is getting away from the pressure, getting to one bird that may not be educated. And, and that's, that's a difficult, difficult thing to achieve. Excuse me. Google maps, um, topos looking for features that are inherently Turkey, steep ridges, fields. Uh, now I can't speak for the entire country, but in Connecticut, we have a predominant Northwest wind. And so any Southwest facing slope is going to be better for roosting habitat than anything else for two reasons. Number one, it's going to get them out of the wind. 
They're going to roost easier at night. They're going to be safer. They're going to be out of storms and all that kind of stuff. Number two, it catches the first light of the sun. So they warm up first in the morning before they drop out of the roost. <clears throat> we've all been in the tree stand. First thing in the morning, you get into the tree and you're warm. Everything's good. You're sitting there. The inversion takes place. Okay. That inversion is all that cold air and warm air switching because the earth is starting to heat up and our atmosphere kind of actually switches. That's why scent goes uphill and all that kind of stuff. You end up with an inversion. So that inversion is when the frost happens and the chill happens in the morning. Well, those birds get cold. If they can catch first sun, think about standing in a tree stand and all of a sudden you get that chill and you're like, son of a bitch, it's cold. I wasn't this cold 10 minutes ago and it was pitch black and the sun's just starting to creep and you're freezing your ass off. Well, all of a sudden that sun hits you and you're like, Oh, you can feel it like cooking you, you know, and you, you're finally getting it. Well, that's what a turkey looks for, you know. So you look for these terrain things that are naturally inherent for the bird. I'm probably hitting this freaking microphone or something. Nope, I don't know. You're good, nope. brother. Okay, no, you're good. So inherently, um, terrain is going to really help. Once you get out of that, you've got to get away from everything else that is induced upon that terrain. And that's 99.9% .9 of the time people. So the further you can get away, the better. So I try to find, you know, areas where there's clear cuts that people may not want to walk to. I look for areas that are just deeper than others with corridors that may lead to, eh, I don't want to say it, but humanity. <laughs> They're going to the cul-de-sacs. I'm sorry, but turkeys are opportunistic. How do we freaking scout half of our birds? You find the old lady Holy with the bird shit, feeder in the that. backyard. <laughs> there you go, brother. You got it. <laughs> you got it, that one. <laughs> That's it, and it's true. So I see a bird in the freaking backyard. What do I do? Google Maps, son of a bitch, there's state land behind it, you know? And, but that state land is a mile and a half in from the access. 90% mm -hmm. of the people won't do it. I will. I will push those freaking limits. You know, I've got a hunt and I've talked to DEP about it. I've talked to everything and I won't release it. And it's awesome. Have either of you guys seen my video where I called the bird across the Connecticut river. I did. I've seen yeah. that. Okay. So I call a bird across, you know, people freak out about stone walls, creeks, blowdowns, you know, whatever. I called a bird like a quarter mile across a river or whatever, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I don't know how wide it is, but I mean, this bird was sitting on the other side. We weren't ready for it or anything. We just sat down for shits and giggles and all of a sudden the birds on our side looking at us. Yep. So, we had birds on the other side of a reservoir and I was standing at the boundary of public land calling. And all of a sudden I didn't even know a hen was with it. We were working this bird for over two hours in the morning. And I hear, <laughs> I hear that fly down cackle, but she wasn't flying down she was flying across mm -hmm. the reservoir. I heard it fly all of a sudden sure and shit. She comes walking in. The gobbles are still happening on the other side. 
couple minutes goes by, all of a sudden those gobbles are quieter, but closer, if that makes sense. They're below the hill and you You're can tell they were on our side. Up. And all of a sudden he rolls up and literal tie goes to the runner. I smoke him right under the sign. <laughs> and I'm like, it's totally legal. He came past the tree. I shot him and all that. But you know what? He rolled under the tree and I walked over and picked him up and somebody's going to give you shit because you took a step under that tree with the sign and all that kind of stuff. And, but you know, we always go to those boundaries. Oh yeah. Pee break. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. He's done. <laughs> but you know, I, I always go to those boundaries, you know, people, people think, Oh, it's a 10 acre property. I look at a 10 acre property and say, Holy shit. I can call 50 acres around that 10 acre property, mm-hmm. if not more, you know, so I don't walk into a 10 acre property. That's like this and walk into here. I walk all the way around the edge. That's how I haunt a property because the inside doesn't matter. They're going to hear you. I'll call them out to the edge. That doesn't matter to me, but you walk into a property, you're losing 75% of the area that you can hunt. It's not like deer hunting. They don't have to be in front of you to kill them. You can make them come to you. Well, you can try. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact we know well. <laughs> and if you try enough, you're going to get lucky. If you stay there long enough, it's just persistence. I'm going in, boys. Uh oh. Let her rip. That's a good call. <laughs> we need that. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No endorsements here. Hang on. <laughs> you guys on the audio are missing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You jump over to the YouTube side. You can see right? some of this uh, cognac-ish whiskey. It's crazy, though. That's I mean, that's like our hunting in an egg show is getting them off those bird feeders. Like... I spend more time trying to get turkeys off of a bird feeder than I do anywhere else. Oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. What'd you click? What'd I you hit, Matt? I didn't hit anything. Oh, look at it. Probably internet or something. Did no, I pay my you, bill? Your audio sounds wonderful. Did you, did you pay your bill, Matt? I don't think so. Start my video. Right. <laughs> Boom. You are. I'm in. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So you have a new a new technique. <laughs> what what do you need next? <laughs> what do you say, Johnny? <laughs> and you wanted video on this trip, okay? <laughs> we love video, man. That's that's what makes it all that makes it all the best, right then and there. Everyone can see the shenanigans and the bullshit. I gotta exactly. I gotta I gotta ask. Hey, what hey, is hey, the Tra- hey, Tra- Oh, sorry. I'm done. No. no, I was just cutting you off again because I could. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, I just I, – Matt Matt is a full-throttle dude, so I want to know the craziest thing that's happened to you in the turkey woods. I have to. Craziest thing that's happened in the turkey woods. Um, in what way? I was going to say, are we limiting this to hunting? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, not limited. No, <laughs> no. The wildest, craziest thing that's happened to you in the turkey woods. Yeah, no, I won't say that. 
Um, <laughs> Come on, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, uh, well, I don't know. You know, there, there's everything from the best experience that you just never expected to happen. You know, buddy of mine, Seth Bogdan, he's, he's part of my crew and we, we started calling competitions together and all. And he, he is literally one of the best outdoorsmen I know. I mean, this is one of those guys we all know that, that studies everything to a T, you know, I mean, is just so into it and he, forever turkey hunting with him when we first started he was always like we gotta go over this ridge and i'm like dude man come on man. i mean seriously we fucking we, we don't we're not hearing shit we go over the ridge and you're oh and i'm like he was always right always right and we get on a bird up in new york last week of season and we can hear this bird in the tree spitting and drumming at probably 80 yards on this ridge that you can't even walk up. And all these gobblers are dropping out of the trees. We're sitting on, on a tree in an overgrown orchard. And we're just, you know, the birds are dropping down around us and everything. We're just waiting for him. So all of a sudden you hear, not even like a fly down, just kind of a couple wing beats. And he must have jumped out of the tree because there's birds gobbling all around us. He jumped out of the tree and he must have gone right to the top of the ridge. And he gobbled like five or six times and every bird in the valley shut up. So we drove around, got permission to access this ridge from another farmer, probably drove three miles, four miles around, <clears throat> walked in probably a mile, mile and a half. The guy just so happened that we asked permission he had the logging road that went to the top of this ridge. So we walk to the top of the ridge. We finally strike the bird. And, and, and my buddy goes, do you want to, do you want to go up here? Or do you want to go down the, the bottom? I'm like, so you bastard. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you don't ask me, you know, I'm like, this isn't good. So I'm like, I want the top birds always come to the top. And he's like, okay, I'll go down below. I'm like, fuck, I should have went down below. <laughs> I'm like, you know, he was too excited. I'm like, no. So we start working this bird in, and because it was kind of plateaued, he was on his level. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, I know he's going to get it. I know he's going to get it. Sure and shit, the bird shows up right in front of me. 25 pounds, double nine and a half inch beards and inch and a half spurs. And that was on the last weekend of season. So what would he have been at the beginning of season? You know? Yeah. Oh, why so, they, they wear down during the season. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're What's not feeding this? as much, you know? Oh, it's like rot. It's not like they're on bird feeders all the time. <laughs> this was in New York, man. <laughs> just throwing it out there. <laughs> I just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. It's not like the bucks that are out there going <laughs> and chasing, throwing spit everywhere. So, man, before we get too wild, I want to get into something because you had something that was completely epic to to the turkey hunting community. That's happened do, to you. We're we're on the we're on the deep woods thing. Do do you uh, do you want to talk about the bike? We could. Yeah, that's fine. 
You want to talk about that? I mean, yeah. that's part of, I, I think that's I part think, of my new plan. Okay. Yeah. I'm into it, man. For sure. I, I didn't. Yeah, that's fine. So many jokes could have just been thrown, but I'm going to let them slide. <laughs> <laughs> when someone goes the bike, the bike, your mind the, goes one way. The you bicycle. Mean, that's the, not what we're talking about. <laughs> that bike. I didn't say the train. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have a seat? <laughs> Paybacks. <laughs> Oval tires, the whole deal. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> uh, you know it's going south. I love when Matt's on. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So all right. So so what about the bike, man? What what are you what are you doing with a bike? I I, I I'm getting old, man. <laughs> Things fucking hurt now. And um Honestly, I, I hurt my back years ago uh, when I was young, and it's taken its course into like sciatica and all this shit that all the things that old people, you know, cry about. And uh, now I'm one of them. And I wanted to find a way to not only, you know, uh, keep up with the younger crowd, but get even. <laughs> and Fair enough. Be able to overcome and and teach them a lesson. So, excuse me. So, last year. Shut up. Throwback. I'm sorry. I'm not, on, I'm not that good. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, anyways, a um, few years back, this kind of this culminates a few years ago. Um, I was actually up in New York and turkey hunting with a muzzleloader, sitting on a roost. <clears throat> I had sat on it two nights in a row, um, waiting for these birds to kind of go up and, you know, just studying what they do in the mornings and kind of get a real good thing. It was going to be my first bird with a muzzleloader. So I'm sitting there and it's the night before opening day. I'm pretty deep in the woods, but there's a valley below where dirt road comes through. And I'm watching the birds go up into the roost and the truck comes by and stops. All of a sudden you're nothing. And I'm like, Oh no, here they go. Here they go. Nothing. Door slams. They go. A couple minutes later, birds are still flying up. Coming in all of a sudden gets out. I'm like, oh, that's it. They're going to hear it. They're done. Not a peep. So I'm like, holy shit. Okay. So another car comes down. Same thing. Nothing. I walk out. Now it's dark. You know how we've all been there in the spring. We're turkey hunting. We blow an owl call. And about 10 minutes later, an owl shows up. Right over by the roost here. <laughs> the whole roost lights up. I mean, gobbles, gobbles on top of gobbles, the whole deal. So I think to myself, I'm like, all right, those birds have been called to all preseason. They've been hammered with roosting calls on and on and on. So I went in the next morning. I'm like, this is perfect. Nobody think, nobody heard a gobble there, so I'm going to be the only one. So I got in there and I killed my bird. Well, this year, I'm sitting about 150, 200 yards off the road, and I'm working a bird. This bird's coming in, and here comes a vehicle down the road. Guy stops, gets out, 
lays on the box call. My bird shuts up. Doesn't make a freaking peep. Vehicle drives away. I just sit there. About 15 minutes later, bow, bird gobbles. I give him a little couple yelps. Bow, he hammers right on top of me. I ended up killing the bird. So I get out and I'm like, how many times has that guy in the truck been me? Valid me. Valid point. Okay. How many times has that guy been me? Because we all do it. We have to. We have to. We're all driving around. Then it brings me back to, and there's actually a tip on our video, on my video series. Um, we killed the bird on public land and we had a, the bird got spooked. He, he was within killing distance and a mountain biker came by. You see his wheels go right through the screen. The bird runs off the whole deal, but we found him in this heavy haunted area because I had my buddy shut his truck off and he worked the e-brake and we drifted down the hill. It was probably about a mile, mile and a half hill. We drifted down about halfway down the hill. We struck the bird. I stood on the back tailgate and called as we were going down the hill. They're so, so like, used to the motors. And just that noise coming down. So I'm like, all right, how can I get around this? And I'm like, I'm thinking e-bikes. So I really wanted to get into the bike. So I, I'm doing a thing for outdoor life. And as soon as anybody hears outdoor life, I mean, they want to be a part of it. I mean, it's one of the biggest publications out there. And so I'm literally spending four months picking what I feel is the best bike, not the most expensive, not the biggest hype, but what I feel is truly for what I need, not other people, the best bike. And I end up with a bike. <laughs> the fucking thing's cool. All right. Hang on. You ready? Put the picture up, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. This bike, it's, it's by a company called uh, Rogue Ridge. And it's got a 20 inch tire on it. And when I first looked at the 20 inch tire, I'm like, really? I got a 29 or mountain bike and I just roll through the freaking trails and, you know, and, and it's badass. Those bigger wheels, they just roll over shit. And it's just, it's awesome. But then I started thinking, I took my motorcycle license years ago. And instead of taking it on my motorcycle, I took it on a scooter because you had to weave in and out of all the cones and everything. And I'll tell you what, you know, using a scooter with those little wheels is a hell of a lot easier than like a CBR <laughs> or, or a yep. Harley or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, there's still a fat wheel, but they're smaller. So then I start thinking that the whole frame is smaller as well. And it, so I'm like, now smaller tires, lower center of gravity. I'm going to have a bunch of weight on. I'm going to have camera. I'm going to have gun. I'm going to have ammo. I'm going to have calls. I'm going to have all this shit. Plus, I'm just freaking older. I don't want to fall that far. A lower <laughs> center of gravity is more stable. Now, my first thought is speed, 
and distance. Because as soon as you start researching e-bikes, that's what you get. Speed, distance, speed, distance, power. And that's, that's what you get. You like that? That was perfect. That was perfect. (laughs) So that's what you end up getting. You know, you get pounded by I'm faster and I go further. So I started thinking about it and I'm like, okay, I'm not out in the Midwest. I'm not going through CRP fields. I'm not traveling 30, 40 miles to get to my stand. You know, I'm going just little farm roads. I'm going foot trails. I'm doing, you know, little dirt roads. I'm not doing 30 miles on a bike or 30 miles an hour on a bike. You know, 15, 20, I don't care who you are, even on a tar road, a bike is pretty hairy. (laughs) So, uh, So I started thinking a little bit more grown up. Because the first thing you want is Tim, the tool man, Taylor, you know, you're like, ha, ha, ha. I need power and speed <laughs> and, and we're all guilty of it, dude. Come on. You both it's are, true. you know, it's true. No, absolutely. You yeah, need bigger, best. Yep. I get it's it. Set. Come on. Come on, Trev. You know, it's like when you're young, you hunt with a 10 gauge just cause it's, it's bigger it and better. It's a freaking piss out of you. Right. And what do you think with archery? You think about archery. You're like, Oh shit. I need the fastest fucking bow out there. Right. It's going to make you less accurate. You better make sure the freaking thing feels good and fits you. Right. Because it doesn't matter how fast it is. Makes so much sense. You know, so all of a sudden these things, and I look at the motors, and there's all these different motors and all this stuff. Well, the motor that's on this little bike is the same motor that's on the bigger bikes. And not only that, it's like the ultimate motor. Right. It's the one, bigger, smaller, doesn't matter. It's not made by the bike company. It's made by a company called Bafang, and it is like the one. And then I started, I don't, I have no idea how this came to my head, but like elementary school, or that maybe not elementary school, junior high school, high school math started popping in my head. And I'm like, okay, if you take power to the outside of a circumference and you, you make that power out here. You don't have as much power. You bring it closer to the source. You have more power, more torque. All you guys that have four wheel drive trucks you used to be able to burn out with the stock wheels and you put your, you know, 36s on <laughs> and you can't burn out anymore. Well, unless you have a diesel with all the torque, but you know, all of a sudden now that power isn't there as much because you're turning something bigger. Well, these little wheels have a shit ton of freaking torque to them because using the same size motor as they're using on the bigger ones. So it's working less and producing more power. So all these things started to come into play and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like this thing doing five miles an hour through trails and 10 to 15, which isn't even top speed, you know, down the roads and stuff like that. It's the bomb. And I can get silently, wherever I need to go. It's, it's unbelievable, but here's the deal breaker. This is what I have found with all the companies. When you do this shit, when you're, when you're trying to study them and they're throwing all the flashing bright lights at you about how great they are. And you look at your distance, you better know 
electric motors, uh, battery capacities, voltage, amperage, and all that kind of shit, and be able to calculate the terrain you're in with the weight of you and the temperature outside and all that, because it's a crock of shit. And all of them are. Even the company I bought it for, from or got it from. Yep. The, the, all these, they're all based on perfect scenario, flat, line of sight, you know, that kind of thing. How many, do either of you guys have a Motorola handheld radio? Yes, I do. Walkie-talkie? Yes, okay. yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Line of I'm sight. like, what? T- t- 20, 20 miles, right? 20 miles. Yeah. Have you ever Until gotten you... a mile in the fucking woods? But what about the hill in between? Yeah. You, you <laughs> exactly. come to Virginia, you're, you're talking to the guy at the top of the ridge, and that's and it. that's it. <laughs> Hope he doesn't take three steps over. Yep. <sighs> Nothing. Yeah. Anyone who's been in North Woods, anyone who's been in the military understands what you're saying. Line of sight, if it's gone, you're gone. (laughs) Exactly. Good luck. So what I found out real quick, because I want, I want reality in my shit. I I don't want to tell somebody you're going to get 30 miles out of a bike. If you're not going to get 30 miles out of it. I thought you get a bike, you twist and go. Well, guess what? It's not an electric motorcycle. It's not a Tesla. It's you twist it. And you start watching 100% go 98, 96, 94, 92, really freaking quick within like a mile or two, you're done. I mean, it just goes. So I've gone three quarters of a mile and I went from 100 to like 94. I'm like, this isn't going to work. So there's settings on every bike of the assist to your pedaling. So on mine, it's between one and five. So I put it on three. That's my test. I can go more, I can go less, but that's in the middle. So I started pedaling. It hit 92 and it hung there. Now it, it, my 50%, it may not be 50% of helping you, but whatever it is, my middle adjustment, I could pedal and just have it be just, just for sake of pedaling, like just to make it look good. Like I'm doing something and I'm going 10, 12 miles an hour down the road without even trying. So it's really cool, but you have to pedal. You are not getting anywhere on any of these bikes. I don't care who makes them if you're not pedaling. So don't get it in your head that you're going to buy a bike that says 25, 30, 35, whatever miles on it and just go. Cause you're not, you're going to get three or four miles out of it. Tops tops. So you can't hunt all day here with that thing. No, I, well, I did a 10 mile loop, which is a long ways. Mm -hmm. And I did goat trails. I'm talking vertical like hitting rocks and like holy shit i'm back in my bmx day or mm-hmm. or my dirt bike days you know yep, like i'm yep. back on my cr or whatever Rock, you know? and- yeah and, and i'm like holy <laughs> crap i'm going up this thing and so i did it as if i was hunting i did a 10 mile loop as if i was hunting i went up into clear cuts i did the whole deal and it took me about two and a half hours to do a 10 mile loop silently and when I got back, I was at 62%, I think, battery left. So horrible. you can. But that's you with can. you pedaling. Yep. But you can do, you can hunt 
all day in Connecticut. That's that good pen. to know, man, especially putting it through all of its paces. And like here, like, you know, like a lot of these people that have them are Midwest, Midwest flat, mm-hmm. right? Cornfields, CRP, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're, it's cruise to fill edge guys, <laughs> us Eastern guys. It's a whole different ball. I mean, you bring that down to Virginia. Yeah. Virginia. Oh, you're done. <laughs> Good you're done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. You're done halfway up the hill. Yeah. yeah. So yep. that's, that's a good thing to know. And that's going to change you in the Turkey woods. To, to give you an idea, it's 62. I was at 60% and I went to my buddy's house. It's probably a mile and a half away, maybe. And it's a gradual slope, like not even a big deal, just a gradual road slope, not a hill or anything. And I got to his house. He drove it around a little bit, played with it and driving back on pure power. Even with the downhill, I ran out before I got home. So three miles on a paved road at 60% and it was gone. That's reality. Good thing you can pedal. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. And you know what? If I pedaled it. I probably would have been at 57% or 58% if I actually, pe- without really trying, pedal. Yeah, just, just pedal. Oh, pedal just assist. make the motions. Yep. That's yep. it. Yep. But it will change your world. Oh, there, there's already six places in my head right now that I'm going. That would be I, nice. I can get, there's places that I walk in that I hope there's a bird that take me 40 minutes to get in and 40 minutes to get out. And if I don't hear something, I just screwed an hour and a half, two hours. Yep. And I can do <laughs> that now in 10 minutes, 15 yep. minutes. Yep. I mean, well, you just convinced me. Yeah. It would have came game in handy last over. year, wouldn't it? <laughs> yep. And, and this thing folds up. It folds in half. And I swear, I'm not going to take the truck. I'm going to put it in the trunk of the Beamer. I don't think it'll fit that, but, but a hatchback, it'll definitely fit. I'm going to put it in the back of the car. And I'm going to put, I hike on it and let your dogs run free stickers all over it. Because do you know what? Those bastards out there will move in on another hunter. Oh, yeah. Right. And if you think you're hiking with dogs. Oh, you're That's a granola. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to mess with you. I got a oh. Honda Civic and I wanted to put Hillary stickers all over it. <laughs> with big hiking, hiking stickers on it, right? Yep. That's the a, guy I with I the big hiker cane. Appalachian yep. Trail 2020. <laughs> yes. Shit the problem like is I have like outdoor drive stickers and all kinds of death stickers all over it. So they don't <laughs> make it. No, we'll just have Wade make you a wrap yep. to put over the window. That's, there you it. Go. That's right. Yep. That's well, it. Well, Matt, let's get down to the nitty gritty of this whole oh, entire boy. thing, man, this because is it, there bro. is something that happened to you that is something that has changed, I think, honestly, or is going to change the hunting yeah. community at a whole or a turkey community at a whole different level, man. And, and it's yeah. something that when I heard it and we had talked about it weeks ago, I was like, yep, I definitely have had this happen. In there. I definitely probably could have killed that bird knowing what I know now. So why don't you take everyone through the paces of kind of what happened to you and what this noise is all about? Well, it, it was pretty cool because um, I year, years ago I've had this app. I had it happen to me, and I've probably heard the sound probably a half dozen times. And that being said, every single time, I really didn't know what it was, but it was a sound that is not out there. It's, it's not something that's readily known. It's not something that's readily understood. 
Um, but I've always encountered it in thick cover. I've never encountered it in the wide open. I've never encountered it in a field. I've never counted it, encountered it in open hardwoods. It's always been in thicker cover. And what's happened is that bird will be out there and you can hear him spitting and drumming, walking through leaves, whatever, but you just can't see him. And you will hear a subdued, actually it's not even subdued because it's very bright, almost like an alarm putt, but it's not even muffled. It's just like a quiet alarm putt. I mean, you guys have both heard it, right? You're laughing because you don't know how to fucking say it either. So shut up, both of you. (laughs) But (laughs) I hope everybody can see you and you because... Yeah, no, you're 100. percent Me and Trev sit for 10 minutes trying to describe and explain, and it's like, well, it's kind of like, well, yeah, but it's more like, but it's kind of like, we don't know what it is. So it's a kind of like. Would it be best if we just like share it right now? Exactly, man. Do it. Yeah, Yeah. show it, and and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, let me kick it up and play it right here. So. All right. Did did you hear it? Yeah. It's, it's a kind of like a, what if, and it's a sort of something. Can we call it it the wettish? (laughs) There's nothing wet about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, other than it'll make you shit your pants when you hear it because you don't know what it is. It, you know, you swear that it's an alarm pump, but it's not loud enough. Right. Right. You know, it's clear, it's bright, and um, I've shared it with the National Wild Turkey Federation, you know, the holy grail of turkeys. They're the reason why we're hunting, hunting them, is, you know, across mm-hmm. the country. So um, they have no actual record of that sound. It is not named as of yet. So they directed me to another person who they deemed to be probably the authority on wild turkey vocalizations in the country. And he freaked out. And he actually said, now his version of it was, there is a similar vocalization. And it sounds almost the same. And it's a gobbler vocalization and it's in the fall. And it is kind of a searching call. But he has never seen it done in conjunction with a strut. So basically what it's doing is it's ta- this bird is taking the, it really makes you understand that the spit and drum is truly a call. Yeah. It's a communication. Now we don't know actually what the drum is. It's so subsonic. You know, there's some ideas that it's the feathers ruffling. There's some ideas that it's a vibration of the crop. There's all these different ideas of what that is, whatever it is. It's a really freaking low sound that makes you go, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> when you hear it, because you don't know where, you know, right. it's the bass drum in the corner of your subwoofer, you know, yep. it's like, so. I heard it, I felt it, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> exactly. And you just do the eye thing, you know, you're like, all right, where is he? And so to see it in conjunction with that, it's, there's a belief in the people that I've spoke with and I've spoke with people that have hunted this entire country. They're major uh, in they're They're not just Turkey hunters. They're studiers of the bird themselves. And I actually spoke with a biologist of all people, a Connecticut biologist. And Mike actually chimed in and said, unknowing, what the other guy said, he goes, wow. He goes, being in thick cover the way I've always experienced it. You said you've experienced it, Trent. Yeah, I have. I've definitely heard it. And was it in the wide open? I mean, or no, it's only, it was, it was in the deep woods. Okay. It was actually hunting laurels, believe it or not. That's 90% of the time. The first time I ever heard it was in laurels. Yeah. So, but that's a secret I don't want to give out. So don't. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, he said, you know, the spit and drum is a communication call and that, that spit, we can hear it. There he goes again. Yep. Mr. P, Mr. P bladder, P body, (laughs) P body. (laughs) So the, um, the spit part of the, you know, the drum kind of resonates. Right. And the, the spit is part of that, but to elevate that to that, thing that putt that that alarm that that bright sound is really communicating at a longer distance and thicker cover to say here i am Makes because sense. W- when it comes to 
And this is kind of makes me think into science or not that I'm a scientist, I'm far from it, but, um, you know, when people start talking logarithms, I'm like, logs don't have the rhythm. So (laughs) it's, but, um, when you look at sound waves, okay, there's a reason why we can put a subwoofer anywhere in our room when we're watching a movie, because the, the sound waves are very long and they're not directional. Right. Okay. They go through things. There's a reason we can hear when we're sitting in our house, somebody driving by with a subwoofer in their car and we just hear that. But we don't hear that. Yeah. You don't get your high hats. Exactly. Cause those bounce and, and they travel further. And when they get to a specific point, they're more precise when they get there, those high pitches. So in the realm of communication with, especially with like a goose call or a turkey call, there's a reason why when people grab a box call, it's not necessarily that it's that much louder than a mouth call. Everybody's like, there you go, brother. People are like, I use box calls on windy days because they're louder. I can blow a mouth call almost as loud as a box call. But <laughs> insert joke here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you is got that, that kind of mouth, huh? Is, is that because you're made of wood? <laughs> we'll chalk up the wood. So but it's higher pitch and it's going to travel through the wind and it's going to get there. So on windier days, I just run a higher pitch call and it solves your problems. But so he really kind of enlightened it and said, okay, maybe more birds than we realize do this in thicker cover because it is that longer distance communication Right. to say I'm here mm-hmm. and we really don't know what it is, but I've encountered it multiple times and I've never had that bird go away. He's always continued to gobble. I've given up on him because I, I thought he picked me off. Mm-hmm. Right. I would, I'd think the same. So, so here's, here's my theory to put this into simple man's terms based on what you're saying. If you're in a club, a packed club, music's blaring, girls are dancing, girls across the stage. With or without wood? With. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm sure okay, that's the whole thing. Yes, there it is. <laughs> if, if you see a gal that's, you know, 30 people over on the dance floor, you're not going to go, hey, girl, hey. what's up? You're going to go, hey. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're gonna whistle right because yeah. you got to get her attention over all the other crap exactly so exactly i mean that that's the theory i'm hearing here i agree i i think that that's um uh, obscurely accurate <laughs> <laughs> i had to put it in terms that you know gen z and some of these younger I... people could understand <laughs> <laughs> right you know they don't understand the woods you got to right. talk in terms of social stuff, <laughs> junk. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, um, it's, it, it is, it, it's, uh, I think I do. I, I truly believe. And the, 
I'd like to say his name, but I didn't get permission or anything like that. But you know, that expert, um, he believes it's communication. He, he believes that it is kind of put in place for that search since it is very indicative, very, very similar to that searching putt, which is actually a deemed call. Right. So it's a fall searching putt or whatever they call it, but it's done by the gobbler. And to his knowledge, which is far beyond mine, he's never seen it, heard of it, anything integrated with a strut. Well, if they do give you the opportunity to name it, I've got one to throw into the ring. What? Hang on, hang on. <laughs> I, I say you call it the whelp. The wettish yelp. The whelp. Whelp, I guess the she's whelp. over there. Well, well, there you are. Yep. <laughs> that, that's what I'm throwing in the ring. The whelp. I love it. The whelp. The wettish yelp. Whelp. There she is. There she is. There she is. Get her done. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fitting. Well, I, I need to go to higher proof. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do with that wood? <laughs> oh, yep. Well, there it is. There she is. Well, there it is. Well, <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know what, I think a lot of people have heard it and I don't think it's really been captured because look at, look at what most of my videos are compared to 90% of the videos out there. They're all in the freaking fields. Yeah. Nobody hunts like we hunt. It's people, you know, hunting in fields is easy. You know, well, I shouldn't say it's easy. Now, let, let me easier. let me bring that back. It's, you know, Expert. it's it's a lot of visual. It's a, you know, you, you can get in front of them, whatever. You can pattern them and all Convenient. that. Convenient. There you go. You get in the woods. You know, I had two kids this past year, um, one 13 and one 15 for the youth season. And they let birds walk at 20 yards because the camera couldn't get on them. Trev. And they could have killed them, <laughs> you know? And, and that's like a serious commitment that you make when you're in the woods, because what you don't realize the distance between here and here incremented out at 20 yards is a huge difference when, mm-hmm. when you're talking about where the trees are and the position of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, when I'm videoing, the di- the difference between what I see and the lens right here, yeah, is ridiculous. You may have dead sight at the bird, and that lens is behind the tree. It doesn't see anything. Yeah. yeah, I I have to actually what I do when I'm when I'm doing a video, I actually identify in the viewfinder a tree that I see in the distance where I think that bird's coming, so I can identify in the viewfinder, okay, he's to the right or left of that tree. Because when I'm looking at him, that doesn't mean shit. Yep. Exactly. It's nuts. And hunting the woods is just totally different. It's a totally different ball game. Like hunting without decoys or hunting with decoys or, I mean, there's a million and one things that 
we do terrain. when we hunt in the wood. Yeah, using the train to your advantage, man. Like never yeah. having those birds come down on you, having those birds come up at you. Um, I mean, just the camouflage. I mean, there's a million and one things that play a, a, a part in hunting in the woods. Yeah. I mean, and in the middle of a bo- the bottom of the holler could be a little tiny sh- a crick that they won't come across. I mean, how yeah. many birds have you had that held up on you in the woods that you didn't even know that there was a creek that was there and they didn't come across it? No, I've had fly across the Connecticut barbed wire remember? fence. <laughs> <laughs> barbed wire fence. I didn't even. Th- yeah, that's yeah. another thing that'll hold them up. Oh, I mean, something we were saying. It bounced into it. Yeah, <laughs> thirty yards away <laughs> from six birds. And we couldn't figure out why they wouldn't come right down the hill to us. There was one strand of old barbed wire and they'd walk right into it and stop. (laughs) Definition of insanity. I do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, but that's what keeps us going back for more, man. You know, if I hunted in the field every day, I don't think I would be the same for me. I don't think I would learn anything. I mean, I, I'm addicted to it, man. That challenge that it, it's, it, especially with a camera, because you can't set up where you want to set up. Yep. Killing a bird's easy. Can. Try and set up where you have to for the camera. Mm-hmm. Now you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that tremendously last year. We had three of us hunting um, in Virginia. Uh, Stephen was on cameras. the camera. And we were trying to, there was times where, we we would have the bird in range, but they weren't on camera or they were on camera, but they didn't have the shot. And then they would bust up or what? I mean, it was just like, it was our learning curve, man, of, of having three guys with cameras and trying to get things to work, whether, you know what I'm saying? It just have one guy worked. sit right next to you. Well, see, yeah, no, no, I'm saying we went to, they had a, a gun a piece and I was sitting between them with three cameras, a camera on each of them and a camera out. And that we had the shots. It was great. I never and, want to go with you, but it never worked out. And that really quickly <laughs> increased to, we're taking one camera and whoever has the shot, I'm sitting over there your you shoulder. Go. Yep. That's it. And it, it was the learner care. It's like, it's you're not going to get, if you're not in a field, you're not getting multiple angles. No. If you're not setting up, waiting for them to fly down into your lap, you're not pulling off multiple angles unless you got, you know, a, a GoPro or something attached to the barrel on top of the main camera. Right. That's well, it. hey, my last one, I had the GoPro in the tree facing at me. That was kind of cool. That nice. is cool. I, you know, actually, we had a buddy of ours that just did one. He had the GoPro in a tree oh, yeah. next to the decoy, and he had it on the decoy. That's cool. And then the bird came in, and he had the second image oh. from there. It was epic, bro. That is some epic epic footage like that's cool and, yeah. and he had a junior piper that that shot uh a, they thought it was double bearded but it wasn't it was actually a single beard but they shot it it was absolutely epic that was some serious footage that's something i'm definitely gonna i love from. that i want to put the gopro in the tree right over the decoy and then they come into it like yep. we could do those things in the woods you couldn't do that in the field oh no do that no what are you gonna put a stake out there yeah oh, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing better than watching put people put t-posts in the field with the camera on it looking at the decoys i'm going yes i know they don't care they're coming in right but then you are filming across from it and all you see is this giant pole with a camera yeah it's bad it's like come on guys it's really bad man i mean i i like i run i run a gopro and what i usually traditionally do now is i actually connect it to the tripod 
Mm-hmm. So I can get kind of my angle filming with the guy next to me so we can get the communication. Oh yeah. And, and get it as it happens, which really helps. I, I did a, there was a hunt. Um, there was a hunt I did last year where we doubled in a swamp. And I mean, it was swamp swamp and we, that was one gun doubled though. Right. Yeah. I yeah. do remember that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One guy, we, he shot the one bird, it went down. And then as he's, we're doing the dog and pony, a bird gobbles behind him. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you need to sit down. Yeah. It's about to get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And it did. But, well, <laughs> I have one shot that I will, before I die, pull the shot off. All it right. Is. Bring it on. You've got to get a drone above you as the bird comes in and capture it from overhead. You got to be in the field. Well, you can't be in the woods. D- depending. If you're in thinner woods, open woods, that would be epic. Growth or a CRP, you know, you might be able to pull it off. <laughs> but that that's my goal is how cool would that be to have a drone sitting there two, three hundred feet, but the drone's got to be quiet enough. Yeah, and you got to have a controller far those, enough off. Those little bastards are loud. Yeah, they are. And, and whoever's flying it, they've got to be well off. Oh, yeah. They're sitting there tinkering and moving, but smart enough to know that bird's coming in and being watching it right. to get that shot. It, it would be the ultimate hard shot to pull off, but wouldn't that be badass? Oh, that it would. Be- it would either be field or uh, real early season before the foliage comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. You know, could, we could do it in Virginia. We if do it if in you Virginia. just imagine it, yeah, like where we were at. I can see his hunt, and all of a sudden, now that bird be running in on him, and it's not because he's calling; it's because the drone's chasing him. <laughs> see, I'm filming you. You're, you're you're killing the whole plan here. The bird turned away. We chased it back with the drone. That's you know, right. we we had a, a hand decoy dangling from it. <laughs> you know, running across the field. <laughs> Oh, there it goes. Uh, We're out. There we well, go. Matt, I do have one last question for you, man, before we wrap this thing up. Is, uh, I told you when we started, I didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> well, see, we already <laughs> found that explanation. <laughs> what drives you outdoors, man? What drives me outdoors? Not e-bike. your car, not your e-bike. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, my, besides my e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. That's it. You got to, huh? It's, it's, uh, let, let's put it this way. I've, I've been with my girlfriend for three years now. And, um, when we first got together, I told her, he get, damn, I get like almost serious. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> well, it's, 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 that's a serious question, man. I dig that. Um, I told her, I said, you know, before, before we get, like serious, uh, you got to live a year with me. And she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, back in the day I was traveling, I was doing 14 plus States a year and you know, yada, yada, yada. But you know, this isn't something that I enjoy doing. This isn't something that I want to do. This is something that's me. And you know, all these, all these, uh, advertisements about obsessions and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not an obsession. It's, it's who you are. You know, we, we are, 
regardless if you're a, a vegetarian or whatever, you know, you, you don't have to agree with hunting. But I think, I think people in general should understand it. They don't need to agree with it. You know, my girlfriend would never kill an animal. She'll fish like a motherfucker with me and she'll catch that freaking cutthroat that I didn't catch when she'll we're out in Montana. Every time. <laughs> she'll nope. make me look bad every time. But um, you don't need to agree with it, but they should understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, and because we have canines, our eyes are in front, we have thumbs and we're upright. We are the ultimate predator. We are made to kill. We are made to eat. And I'm not a trophy guy. I don't agree. Well, I shouldn't say I don't agree with it. it going after your, your, your definition of a trophy. Yeah, exactly. It is, is definitely valiant. It's awesome. But you know, my, my trophy is the experience. And I, I just, I can't not be out there. That's it, man. I, I just, I love it. You're so passionate about it. It's hard to explain. That's how, that's how you know that it means something. Kind of like that call you discovered. You can't explain it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a something well, yeah. kind of not really. So, so I got a it's name the, for this it's one the too. Well. I, I, got a, I got a name for this one too. It's called the I gotta. That's Spanish for I have to. Yeah, right. <laughs> the I gotta. Yeah. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta. You know, I told her, I said, you know, it's, it's something that I need. It's, it's in me yeah. and it's in all of us. It is because you know what? You can take any drug in this world and put it in my veins and it will not equal what happens when a turkey's coming in or a whitetail or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't, I, I do not do drugs, but I'll tell you what. You fucking give me one that gives me that, and I'll buy that shit. <laughs> I'll take a whole year's supply. Fucking buy every ounce you got, man. I don't care if I got a. I don't like shots. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking shoot it. I'll smoke it. I'll snort it. Give it. It's I'll shove my ears. Uh, I'll take it. Whatever I got to do. <laughs> here I was thinking, going. Damn, Matt, you need to start a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my church. Yeah, you went down the other road. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, hey, if you want to think about that way, the church, we won't get all religious, but somewhere in those sayings, it's you cut down a tree and I'm there, turn over a rock or turn over a log and you will find me. There you go. I love it. That's it, man can be anybody's church yeah, that's right well man why don't you tell everyone man where they can find you cut down a tree <laughs> <laughs> oh wow your girlfriend will love that one <laughs> no your no, youtube channel up. man i want i want everyone to be able to go over there and watch these hunts with the youth and kind Real, of what you do and what goes on yeah real outdoors tv Um, you know, and, and I'll tell everybody right now, we don't get a penny from these guys. You'll see, I I do everything myself. It's all a group of guys. We're all normal weekend warriors, man. 
We, we all pound the pavement just like everybody else. Uh, all my sponsors are non-monetary. I do it because I've known these people for 15, 20 plus years, 25 years. And I believe in the companies, I believe in the people, and I believe in the product. And a lot of people switch around. We don't. And, uh, you know, I promote them because I like them. And that's it. You know, so we're, we're not those guys that are out there for the, you know, the next best thing and, you know, all the hype. So about Real Outdoors TV, man. I know where that's about. Yeah. yeah. Right? All the new all the new pros that are yeah. out there, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a pro, baby. <laughs> well, Matt, dude, thanks for jumping in tonight. Thanks for filling this gap. And it's been a hell of a good time. Hope everyone took something away from it. And uh, we look forward to seeing what comes out of the uh, studies on that particular sound. You know what? It's... Uh... It's it's pretty cool, man, to come up with something that not even the NWTF is truly like actually identified is pretty surreal. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. That's awesome, man, and and congratulations. So with that, all I can really sell, say is uh, uh well, nope, that's about <laughs> it. Thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive. See you guys.